listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We now bring you pro-life activism from creation to death with Jim Sedlak. Hello and welcome to pro-life activism from creation to death. This is the program intended for all those involved in the struggle to build a culture of life here in the United States. Uh, Today, we're going to be bringing you up to date on a lot of things that are going on around the country uh, with the pro-life movement and and surrounding the pro-life movement. But before we get started with that, we want to begin today's program the way we always begin our program, and that is by asking you to say a Hail Mary together with me to ask the Blessed Mother to shower God's graces on all involved in today's program so that our discussion will lead us to the message that she wants each of us to get at this moment. And so if you would join me, please. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much for saying that prayer with me. It is always a good idea whenever you start a new activity during the day to call on our Blessed Mother. It's for God's graces so that everything will turn out the way Jesus and Mary want it to turn out. Okay, we, there's a lot of things happening in the United States this week. Um, some of it directly involves the pro-life movement. Other is on the outskirts of the pro-life movement. But we, we're going to try to get in and summarize a lot of different things that are going on to bring you up to date on and set the stage for what's going to be happening in July, because next week, of course, we start the month of July. And so we want to first start out with the United States Supreme Court. Um, every year, as, as probably people know, from the uh, beginning of October through the end of June, the United States Supreme Court is what they call in session. Uh, they are the nine justices are discussing various cases, considering what their opinions are going to be on various cases. Uh, they hold a lot of you know meetings among themselves, and they also have public meetings and where they take testimony from the people who are involved in the various cases. Now that we're here in June, all of the all of the public discussion is 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 long gone. The last of that happened in March, and now it's it's the time that they announce their cases, and they have about ten cases left to announce at this point. Um, and and you know, normally under under normal circumstances, they would uh, end their session on June the thirtieth, and uh, that leaves. There were no announcements uh, today on any cases. Uh, Usually if there are announcements, it's 10 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. So that leaves two days for announcements on Monday and Tuesday of, of next week. If, in fact, they're going to adjourn as they usually do at the end of, of June, uh, that would that would leave 10 cases to be announced in two days. Uh, there is speculation, however, that since the Supreme Court lost um, a lot of time during this session because of lockdowns due to coronavirus, um, that they may, in fact, extend their session into the first or second week of July. Uh, and if they do that, of course, then there is more time uh, to to make the announcements. Now, all of this is in prelude to, to say that the, the one case that they're dealing with 
that has to do with pro-life specifically, has to do with abortion specifically, um, has not yet been announced. They, they have not announced the result. Um, it's, it's a case called the June Medical Services, and it's a case out of Louisiana where the, the government has passed a law saying that abortionists must have admitting privileges to a hospital within 30 miles of the abortion facility. It, it turns out that in Louisiana, any kind of a remote surgical center has the same restrictions. Any uh, surgeons who are working at and performing surgery at the um, remote surgical centers have to have admitting privileges. And so what they're doing is just in forcing the same rules that operate on any other surgical procedure to the abortion procedure. And of course, the abortionists and Planned Parenthood, uh, you know, think they're above the law. They don't think it's necessary that they follow any laws as was shown during the pandemic. And so they have, they have sued the, uh, the, the state of Louisiana. And that's the case that is now before the Supreme court. Oral arguments were heard earlier this year. And uh, and now we're waiting for a court decision and the court decision, um, you know, affects whether or not the state can put in these rules, given the case um, that it is the rule for all of the other surgical procedures. And, you know, right now there 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 is real no really no guess as to uh, what the Supreme Court is going to say. The fact that they've held it this long um, may mean that it's it's going to be a controversial decision uh, because they already know what they're going to announce. I mean, in general, by the time they get to this time of the year, they may be putting some final, you know, crossing some T's and dotting some I's, but they, they know, you know, they've already had the vote on, on uh, you know, how they're going to react to, to this decision and who's going to be in favor, who's going to be against the people are writing their, their various opinions on this. Um, it's, it's all happening and, and probably has already happened with these bills, but we don't know it yet. It hasn't been announced yet. So it's going to come out ho- probably next week. Um, if not, certainly uh, the week after, uh, and, uh, and we'll find out the, the significance of this. It's not you know, they, 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 there's this particular set of requirements, um, you know, are not as significant as saying, you know, uh, abolishing Roe v. Wade, which, of course, would be a dramatic, a, a wonderful decision. But um, the decision here is is the importance to us, the the pro-life people, is this is the first abortions decision that the two new justices appointed by Donald Trump will participate in, okay? So Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Gorsuch will be part of the decision, and the question is, how are they going to vote? And we all think we know. We think that they will, in this case, perhaps be two votes in favor of keeping the the state and allowing the state to, to place this restriction, but we don't know. And and so that's that that is part of the the weight here. How are Gorsuch and Kavanaugh going to vote on this being their first abortion case? So uh, we we will the next time we're here we will hopefully be able to bring you an update, let you know what's going on. Um, but I just you know this is not an up or down vote on abortion unless they've done something really dramatic behind the scenes that we don't know about. Um, it is it is you know a regulation. And, you know, we we have passed lots of laws in this country regulating abortion, but we still have, you know, 
hundreds of thousands of babies dying all the time, uh, even though, you know, some regulations have been passed. So it has done nothing to stop abortion in this country. It is still not a criminal act to kill a baby in the womb. So, you know, we'll, we'll wait to see what comes from the Supreme Court. You know, when it comes, we'll give you some analysis of it and uh, we'll let you, you know, no, we'll go from there. I, I don't want to make any predictions because I have no inside knowledge whatsoever as to you know what's going to be decided. Okay, so that's that's the Supreme Court this week um, in terms of pro-life specific matters. Okay, uh, there, there's been another thing in the news. It started out the, the end of last week and uh, has been in the news this week, and it comes out of New York State, and it comes out of an organization known as Planned Parenthood of Greater New York. Now, Planned Parenthood of Greater New York is one of 49 Planned Parenthood affiliates around the country. And basically, Planned Parenthood of Greater New York was formed at the beginning of this year, on January 2nd of this year, and it, what happened is that five Planned Parenthood affiliates in New York State merged together to form Planned Parenthood of Greater New York. Now, there are, other, there are still you know, four other Planned Parenthood affiliates in the state of New York, so it's not all of the affiliates uh, in the state of New York, not all the New York operations, but a large part of it um, probably reaches about 60% of the New York state population. Um, it includes New York City. Uh, it includes, you know, uh, north of New York City, not, not Westchester County. That's a different affiliate, but further north from Westchester County and then um, a little bit to the west of New York. These five affiliates joined together. Uh, at the time they joined together, there was a woman uh, who was in charge of Planned Parenthood of New York City, who then became Planned Parenthood head of or CEO of Planned Parenthood of Greater New York. The the people who had been the CEOs of the other four, you know, ha have other positions within Planned Parenthood. But the CEO is is the woman uh, Laura McQuaid is her name, um, who is the head of Planned Parenthood in New York City. Well, this week, uh, the end of last week, is, is, is a uh, an open letter came out uh, from the employees of Planned Parenthood of Greater New York, and they have you know they have hundreds of employees there, about seven hundred is the estimate, uh, and and a large group of them issued a public letter, right about the horrible working conditions at Planned Parenthood of Greater New York and specifically how, about how the head, the CEO of Planned Parenthood of Greater New York um, was uh, abusive, uh, was racist, uh, was holding back employees of color is what the term they used um, and, and paying them less than what they paid other people. Uh, when the coronavirus came out, the Planned Parenthood of Greater New York uh, either outright fired or laid off uh, a large number of employees, but never reduced the salary of any of their executives, including the CEO. And this, this uh, uh, got the employees upset. And so they they put out this open letter basically demanding that the CEO leave. Okay? And the immediate response now just so everybody understands every affiliate of Planned Parenthood is a separate corporation. It has its own board of directors. 
selects its own officers, its presidents, its CEOs, its all of it, you know, their medical director, et cetera. All of those are not controlled by Planned Parenthood Federation of America, but are actually controlled by a legal entity, and in this case, Planned Parenthood of Greater New York. And so when we're talking about the board, we're talking about the board of directors of Planned Parenthood of Greater New York, this one affiliate. And the, the board of directors, when this broke uh, at the end of last week, came out with a statement in support of the CEO and and said, no, no, we, we think everything's fine. Well, there was a lot of, of um, media attention paid to this, uh, especially when they wrapped it into the, the racism charges. Uh, and by the beginning of this week, the board decided that, no, they had to take some action. And on Tuesday of this week, they, they uh, informed the employees at Planned Parenthood of Greater New York and the general public that the CEO and the board of directors had decided to part their ways, okay, um, to go in different ways, to no longer is she going to be the CEO. Now, the, the newspapers and stuff portrayed this as that the board of directors fired the CEO. Uh, there are other news accounts and uh, saying that the CEO resigned from, uh, and was not fired specifically. This is all technicalities, I think. The, the CEO herself has not made any public statements since um, se separating ways with, with Planned Parenthood of Greater New York, uh, but she's not there anymore. And they're going to be selecting, they, they've appointed somebody to be the interim CEO, while now they're going to be looking for someone to uh, take over. OK. And this has been big news. You know, you, when, whenever you do anything in New York City, you know, it's going to be big news. And uh, whenever employees of Planned Parenthood rebel against Planned Parenthood, this is this is going to be big news. And so uh, it's been covered extensively. And I felt that, you know, since we covered all things pro-life here, that I needed to at least, you know, let you know about this. So you, you can't say, well, you know, I listened to Jim's show and he never mentioned it. Well, we're, we're going to mention it. Not that it's anything, you know, tremendously significant at least at this point, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what, what happens going forward because, you know, face it, Planned Parenthood is a racist organization. It, it was founded by a woman who believed that blacks are inferior. Uh, in fact, that everything except European people of European descent were, were uh, inferior, um, has targeted the black community, has targeted the Hispanic community. Uh, we know all of this about Planned Parenthood, so it comes as no surprise um, that that you know their their internal operations would reflect their external positions, but you don't often see you know a joint letter from the employees like this. Uh, Planned Parenthood, you know, one of the other interesting things that comes out of this, uh, Planned Parenthood um, is against their employees unionizing. Okay, this may come as a surprise to some of you because Planned Parenthood in their dealings, their public dealings, always has the report support of, of labor unions. Labor unions seem to always be on Planned Parenthood's side, but Planned Parenthood itself does not like labor unions. And more more, you know, odd is the fact that the, the employees at Planned Parenthood, um, if they formed a union, would probably come under the auspices of the Service Employees International Union, SEIU.
And in fact, of the 49 affiliates of Planned Parenthood around the country, five of them do have unions, and all five of them are represented by the Service Employees International Union. So this union who, who contributes money to Planned Parenthood, who backs up their political positions, etc., um, is, is you know, having trouble opening unions within Planned Parenthood. And so um, who knows if what is going on this week is going to uh, increase the presence of unions at, at Planned Parenthood. Uh, Planned Parenthood of New York City, which existed before the beginning of this year and then turned into Planned Parenthood of Greater New York, but Planned Parenthood of, of New York City was, was one of the five Planned Parenthoods in the country that, uh, that had a union. Okay, and so uh, the other the other um, affiliates, in case you want to know, um, that had affiliates in addition to Planned Parenthood of New York City, Planned Parenthood of Metro Washington, D.C., Planned Parenthood of Central and Western New York, Planned Parenthood of Great Northwest and Hawaiian Islands and Planned Parenthood of Columbia Willamette are the five affiliates that have unions. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of things that could be fallouts from what's going on there. But what you should know is these, uh, these uh, charges of racism and unfair labor practices were brought by employees against the CEO. They asked that the CEO be removed, and in less than a week, the CEO is no longer there. And the rest of the fallout we'll talk about in, in future shows. But this is this is what's going on at Planned Parenthood. Okay. Uh, there, there are lots of other things, of course, going on in, in the country this year. One that does not get a lot of attention in the news media. Uh, it will in some of the conservative um, presses is the fact that, you know, when you have a president, one of the things that the president gets to do is to appoint judges, Right. And, and, you know, there's there's federal courts and the federal courts, the the uh, the president nominates judges for the courts and then the Senate has the ability to approve or not approve of the president's nominations. And of course, you know, it all depends on the president and who is in control of the Senate as to, you know, who gets who gets appointed and, and uh, who gets uh, put in position. And all of these positions at the federal level are all lifetime appointments, just like the, the Supreme Court is a lifetime appointment. Uh, the, the main judges they, they, that the president appoints is district court judges. And there are there are 677 district court judges in the United States, all of them. At one time, we're, we're uh, promo promoted by the president. Um, he nominated them for their positions, and then the Senate approved them. So there are 677 district court judges. There are 179 judges who are members of the appeals court, right? And then, of course, there are nine Supreme Court justices. And, you know, when you when you hear about, you know, somebody appealing a case up, you know, if, if, if it doesn't work out in the state, it could go to the district court judge and then go to the appeals court and then eventually to the Supreme Court. And the president has the ability to to nominate people for these courts. President Trump, since he's been in office, has put a lot of focus on nominating conservative judges to these positions. And during his four years that he's been in office so far, the Republican Party has had control of the Senate 
and and uh, has been able to confirm uh, most of his nominees. So the president nominates the Republican controlled Senate, um, confirms those appointments, and then the judges go in. And in this last week, there, there was a little bit of a celebration because President Trump um, nominated and, and the Senate approved his 200th judge. And, and that's a significant number. All right. Uh, his 200th judge. He has appointed um, uh, some uh, I'm looking for the number 143 judges to the district courts. He has appointed 53 judges to the appeals court. Uh, he has appointed, of course, nine, I mean, two judges to the United States Supreme Court. And then there are also two other U.S. Court of International Trade judges that, that he has appointed, but a total of 200. And the, the significance this week was that the, the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell commented on the on the, uh, the 200th judge that was appointed this, this uh, week. He said, with today's confirmation, not a single circuit court vacancy exists anywhere in the nation for the first time in at least 40 years. OK, what that says is, is, you know, Trump has been on top of, of nominating judges. The Senate has been on top of approving judges uh, and they've got it done and, and they've got done what they can. Um, if, if you go through all the numbers, the, the, uh, the Trump has has appointed about 20 to 25 percent of the judges that now sit in those in those three levels of, of uh, judges from the you know, Supreme Court, two out of nine, um, the uh, the appeals court and the uh, district court judges. Uh, he's appointed a little over 20 percent in all those cases. And, uh, uh, of course, this is an ongoing thing as judges resign or as they die. Um, then there become vacancies and the president has the job of doing that. Uh, one can imagine that if the uh, the president gets reelected and the uh, Senate is maintained in Republican hands that there will be more of these appointments over the next four years. We could be getting to the point where these conservative judges appointed by this president, uh, you know, could be up to 35, 40 percent of all the judges in the country. Um, it, it really has an impact on what's going on. So it's one of those impacts that generally is behind the scenes. But we want to bring it to your attention. Um, you know, a lot of things that you will be hearing on this show this year is elections have consequences. Right. Who you vote for is very important. And it's not just for the president and it's not just for Congress. It is for all the positions that you are called to vote on in your state, in your counties, in your cities. You know, they all have consequences. And, and we, we encourage everybody listening to this show. Uh, this year is a presidential election year with a lot of other things going on. Um, as you know, you know, being a 501c3, neither Radio Maria nor American Life League is going to tell you who to vote for. But we're going to tell you what to look for. And what you have to look for is pro-life candidates, candidates who are going to value not only the lives of the pre-born children, but the lives of the elderly Right. You know, this this pandemic that we're, we're going through is really scary because, you know, as things get got heated up um, and, and, you know, hospital space was at a premium, there were decisions being made as to who they were going to let live and who they were going to let die. And that's a pro-life concern, just like the lives of the preborn babies are pro-life concerns. We don't want anybody right, to be killed for, you know, 
to get a hospital bed, whatever. Um, it's it's really a horrible kind of thing. And so that's, that's why it becomes part of the discussion here on pro-life activism from creation to death. The whole gannet gamut okay um and 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 on that let me let me just remind uh, people who are just tuning into the show uh, my name is jim sedlak and you are listening to pro-life activism from creation to death on radiomaria.us a christian voice in your home We've been covering so far today some updates about the Supreme Court, none of any major significance to the pro-life movement at this moment. Um, the, the turmoil of Planned Parenthood of Greater New York, who was forced to get rid of their CEO um, this week for being abusive to employees and being racist um, and, and, uh, and holding back black employees. Uh, that's what was being charged. There was no trial or anything on this. And then we also talked about the fact that Planned Parenthood fights against unions in, in their various affiliates, only five of the 49 affiliates have unions, um, and the fact that uh, it's one of the major things that happen when you elect the president is the president gets to nominate and the Senate gets to confirm judges, and that uh, pre- President Trump has now appointed uh, a little over 20% of all of the judges in the federal judicial system and uh, may, may do more before the end of this year. And, and obviously, if, if uh, the American people choose to put him back in office in November, uh, we'll have an opportunity to do even more as long as the, uh, the Senate remains in favorable hands and goes along with, with the president. Okay. So we we want to bring all of this stuff to you. Uh, the next thing I'd like to to discuss is is a little bit of an argument kind of thing, but but I think it's something we need to think about. We're we're we're, we're used to pandemics now, right? We've had this this Wuhan pandemic, this coronavirus pandemic, whatever you want to call it. Okay, COVID nineteen pandemic. There's a lot of names floating around here, but but we've had this pandemic, and it's it's very very you know scary. Um, it's very significant. Um, it is something that uh, that we haven't had to live with in a long time uh, in America, and and it gets a little scary. But I did an article. Um, last week on the great pandemic you know we get the we have depressions and then you talk about the great depression you know of the late 1929 going into the 30s you know there was this great depression that everyone felt well there is in fact a great pandemic now we know about the coronavirus pandemic right it it is there it is out you know um according to to uh, you know the counts that we see somewhere around 120,000 people, you know, the number could be up to 122,000 today. I'm not, I haven't looked at it this morning, but somewhere around 120,000 people have died from COVID-19 right, in this pandemic. And that, that certainly is a problem. Okay. We also have a, a, a racist problem in the United States. And you might say, well, what, what has that got to do with a pandemic? Uh, well, a, a, a doctor, PhD, a Dr. Sanders Shulman, who is president of the American Psychological Association, uh, re- recently wrote an article where she stated, we are living in a racism pandemic. 
which is taking a heavy psychological toll on our African-American citizens. So pandemic here is now being used to describe the racism nature in the United States. And, you know, this is her opinion, and I'm not going to blast her opinion, but I, if you want to say, what does racism have to do with pandemic? Well, this Dr. Shulman from the American Psychological Association has made that connection. This is not something that, that I dreamed up. She, she has made this connection. Okay. So I got to thinking about that and I said, well, there's another pandemic that the, the media doesn't want to talk about, especially the mainstream media. And I, I've dubbed it the great pandemic. And the great pandemic is abortion. It is. I mean, well, you know, you take the coronavirus, COVID-19, 120,000 people have died from that. And they call it a pandemic. And that 120,000 people were died in about a five-month period. It's starting to get to be six months now, but, you know, five to six-month period, 120,000 dead people, right, a pandemic. But then when you look at abortion, you know, the Alan Guttmacher Institute, which is an offshoot of Planned Parenthood and is very pro-abortion, estimates that there are 862,000 abortions in the United States every year. Okay, these are surgical and medical abortions, um, 862,000 every year. So if you break that down to, well, what happened in the last five months, you, you come to the realization that in the last five months, um, the abortion pandemic has killed 359,000 innocent human beings in the womb. The toll from abortion is three times the number that died in the coronavirus pandemic, right? This is the great pandemic. 360,000, 359,000 uh, have died so far this year, right? In the last five months, that's all I'm, I'm talking about here, right? By the end of the year, it'll be, you know, close to 900,000 that, that, that have died, and, and, you know, so, so, so we do have a pandemic. We have a pandemic, if you want to measure it from the deaths that occurred as a result of this activity, the coronavirus, COVID-19, 120,000, abortion, right, 359,000. But there's even more, right, because, and this is the part that struck me, there's even more if you consider racism, right? You know, and, and, and you know, the, the doctor was talking about the pandemic of racism. Well, if you want to talk about the pandemic of racism, the Center for Disease Control in their last abortion surveillance report, and they, they issue that once a year in November. So the last one they issued was from November 2019, and it covered the year 2017. I mean, these how you get these numbers. Uh, but but the, the Center for Disease Control documented that 38% of all abortions in the United States were done on black women. They killed black babies. So if you take the, the 359,000 and you say 38% of them were black babies that die, you find out that over the last five months, 136,000 black babies were intentionally murdered so far this year. 136,000 black babies. Now, I don't want to make light of any death, 
right? Especially if the death was caused by criminal action, right? It is not a natural death, right? So I'm I, I'm not degrading or, or playing down anything about the deaths of the of the um, black men and women who have died at the hands of police or mobs or whatever. Uh, you know, their their deaths are tragedies, and and nothing will make them anything but a tragedy. But you have to compare what we're talking about. And we're talking, you know, they'll list off the people that have died. And, you know, it starts out with a low number. But if you look at it for this year, you're probably talking 10, 15, 20, 25 deaths, which is significant. I mean, again, I don't want to play it down. But you have, you know, these deaths, these racist deaths that should never have happened. And then you look at abortion and you find out that you have 136,000 black babies intentionally murdered. And the same people that are out yelling and screaming about the two, three dozen don't even want to talk about the 136,000. No. In fact, Black Lives Matter, that's how you hear them all over the place, right? They support abortion, right? As crazy as it is, they will fight like heck against the, the murder of, of, of uh, you know, a, an individual here, an individual there, you know, and rightfully so. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I, I, I don't like, you know, peaceful protests are fine. You know, that we should never have the violence. I don't condone any of the violence. Right? Peaceful protests, yes. But what about the 136,000 black babies that have died and, and, and you know, another 200,000 that will die before the end of the year? What about them? No, we are witnessing the great pandemic, but the great pandemic is abortion. And I ask you all to start talking about that. Don't take anything away from, from, from what people are protesting or are upset about, but say, hey, you're forgetting to also be upset about this, about the black babies that are dying from abortion, about everybody that is dying from abortion. Right? There's going to be close to a million babies this year that are going to die from abortion, being intentionally murdered by abortionists. This is what happens. We can't forget about this, right? If we pro-lifers forget about this, if we don't bring it up, who's going to bring it up? And so I really want you to, to, uh, to think about this, right? And I really want you to understand that, that, yes, we have a problem in America. And there is a problem in race relations with America, you know? I've been around a long time. I was born in 1943, right? I've seen some of the racial problems. My, my parents have, 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 I was born actually, well, I was born in New York State. I was actually conceived um, in Mississippi. I, my, my parent, my father was in the Army. My mother was, was uh, on barracks or, or living with, with him uh, in housing in Biloxi, Mississippi, where, where he was stationed at the time. So I was conceived in Biloxi, Mississippi. And Biloxi, Mississippi in 1943 was a very racist environment. And, and I grew up with my parents talking to me about that. And it was absolutely incredible. Right. And during the 1940s and 1950s, I frequently took trips with my family through, you know, southern states, uh, you know, South Carolina, Georgia, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And, I, you know, we stopped at gas stations where they, they, the water fountain said colored only. OK, um, you know, this was America. It, it's come a long way. It's not where it should be yet. There is still racism in America and we, we, we have to stamp it all out. They're, they're, you know, we're all equal under God. We shouldn't be putting up with any of this racism. But um, and, and it, it, you know, when people die because of racism, you know, it should never happen. All right. But we just have to understand the real racism today is abortion. 
abortion has taken more lives, will take more lives this year than the Ku Klux Klan uh, killed in all of their existence. And those are just the facts. We just need to, to understand that. And we need to, to call that uh, to our attention. Now, the, there's another thing going on here that, that has really become prevalent in the last few days. And I will just point this out. Um, it, it gets a little bit away from, from the pro-life. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But what's happening in America today, they're, they're tearing down statues. Okay, they're tearing willy nilly. They're well, they're tearing down statues. They're, they're destroying our history. Okay, and whatever you think of, you know, of, of this leader or that leader and the position he took, uh, you know, two hundred years ago or or one hundred and fifty years ago, or whether he owned slaves or didn't own slaves, you know, it, it, it's it's you know, it's history, right? It's the United States history, and of course. Um, there is the old saying that, that those who refuse to learn from history are bound to repeat it, okay? Uh, but, but they're tearing down statues. And now, in the last couple of weeks, they've, they've kind of gotten you know, their fill of, of tearing down the, the statues of soldiers and um, political leaders, etc. Now they're tearing down the statues of saints, right? Of saints. Religious statues are being torn down across America. Uh, there, there was a big story in in the in in the uh, uh, this week in the in the papers where where uh, a, a, a mob wanted to tear down a statue of Junipero Serra, Saint Junipero Serra, in California, right? And there was a group of Catholic high school students who surrounded the the statue and wouldn't let them tear it down. Uh, brave high school students against this mob, um, and and it didn't get torn down that night. It, it may get torn down again, but but there are a lot of these statues that are being torn down, and and they're not. You know, these people weren't racist people. They didn't own slaves. These are saints of the Catholic Church, and I, I you know I have no crystal ball. I have no you know terrific you know insider secret knowledge or anything. But you know what it reminded me of. It reminded me of the early 1990s, around 1990, 1991, this kind of a time period, when the Taliban was taken over Afghanistan. And one of the first things the Taliban did was to go in and tear down all the statues. They would desecrate. If they couldn't get them down, they would desecrate them, but they would tear down especially the religious statues because they didn't want any reminder of the religions and I see this happening in America. America once proclaimed itself as a Christian nation. These days, if there's any politician who is brave enough to say America is a Christian nation, he is hounded by the press and by everybody that, for this outrageous statement. How could you say that? Well, we were founded as a Christian nation. If we're not a Christian nation, we don't get to exist because it's the Christian principles that make this nation strong. It's our Christian heritage that make this nation strong. And when we have people out there tearing down religious statues and we have police and in this case in California, there were police on the scene who just stepped back and they were going to allow the mob to tear down the statue of St. Junipero Serra who was the founder of the community there. I mean, that's why his statue was there. He was the founder of that community. And they had, I, I don't even know all the reasons they, they had invented to tear down the statue. 
but we're at a we're at a turning point here. And we, we, we have to remember that. You know, just look at what's going on. This is this is much, much worse than what it started out to be. And it is now spreading like crazy. And we have to combat this, but this one we have to combat with prayer. And I invite all of you to spend time in prayer this week. Uh, you know, they, if you're in a battle and you want prayer, that you know, the, the Blessed Mother gave it, us the weapon. It's the rosary, right? Say a rosary a day or say a rosary a week that America will be saved from itself, from the people that are here, right? From the members of Congress that we have elected and who are turning against this country, from these mobs that are roaming the streets and the, the, the governors and the mayors who are simply say, tell the police to go home. We're going to let the people patrol themselves. Are you kidding me? Really? Do you want an opening for every vile mob? You know, do you want Chicago to police itself in the 1930s with all of the gangsters and, and booze runners and everything out there gambling? Tell them the police are going to go home. Now you take care of the city. Can you imagine what would have happened to that city? Well, that's what we're in the process of doing here. Defund the police. Take all the money away from them. I know this doesn't sound like pro-life stuff, but it's our lives. It's the lives of the already born. So let me let me get off of that. I you know I, I've strayed a little bit here, but I, I just want to make sure we all understand that there there is a problem in our country. The problems, you know, if you say, well, how did this problem start? 1973, Roe v. Wade, the decriminalization of abortion that has resulted in the deaths of over 65 million preborn children just in this country in 47 years. That's how this started. And it's not going to end until we end the slaughter of the innocents. Why should God help us when we keep t killing the children that he is sending who would have the ability to, to turn this nation around? You know, I have a sign in my office. I mention this often, often. You know, when God wants something done, he sends a child and waits. That's how God operates. When he decided to save the world, he sent Jesus as a child and then waited 30 years, had him preach for three, and then performed the, the world-saving, life-saving crucifixion. That's how God works. But we're killing the children he sends. We're killing the black children, the Asian children, the white children. We're killing them all, right? In New York City, there are more black babies aborted than are born. And this is becoming true in other cities around the nation. It starts with abortion. And if we want to end it, we've got to end abortion. And you have an election coming up, and I'm not going to tell you by name who to vote for or who not to vote for, but I am going to tell you, vote pro-life. Find out the position of every one of the candidates that you're going to vote for and only vote for those who are going to protect the babies. That's how we get out of this, America. That's how we turn things around, and that's how we change things. We stop the mass murder that is taking place with the permission of our government and in many cases with the permission of our religious leaders who don't fight, many of them. Oh, there are strong religious leaders out there, strong leaders who fight against it, but unfortunately they're in the minority and we've got to get the religious leaders there, but we got to get us, you and me. That's where it starts. Right? Get all the people, get all your friends, get all your neighbors. Don't be afraid to talk about abortion with your family. It's killing our children, and they are God's children. 
It's killing our nation. We have to take that step. Next weekend is, is Independence Day, a day we celebrate the independence of America. Let's resolve that when we celebrate Independence Day next week, that one of our wishes is that we end abortion in this nation. I know the celebrations are, are not going to be as large this year as other years. There's probably not going to be as many parades. There's not going to be, you know, in small towns and big cities. There, you know, that's all going to be cut back. But in some places, these parades will take place. These celebrations will take place. And if they're happening anywhere near you, make sure the pro-life message is part of the message of Independence Day. There is no Independence Day if we keep killing God's children. And we are killing God's children. So on that note, I'm going to uh, wrap up the, uh, the, the show today. I, I hope that, that it's been informative. Uh, we will always try to keep you up on what's going on. And, and we simply just can't ignore what's happening, what's going on in the United States today, especially when we see, as we did this week, they're starting to tear down Catholic religious statues. That's who they're going after. They're coming for us. Pray the rosary. The rosary can stop them. As we end the program the way we always do, we ask our Blessed Mother, Mother of God, spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. 